It's time to get your checking account to zero with free checking from PenFed. That's zero ATM fees, zero balance requirements, and zero time spent waiting for your paycheck to direct deposit because you can receive it up to two days early. Open your account with just $25 and see how big zero can be. Apply online today at penfed.org slash free checking. Early direct deposit eligibility may vary between pay periods and timing of payers' funding. To receive any advertised product, you must become a member of PenFed, insured by NCUA. This season, prepare for every season with the Allbirds Mizzle Collection. These shoes were made for adventures in rain, shine, mist, or snow. Go to allbirds.com and use code FRESHSOCKS for a free pair of socks with purchase. Life is just more than that. And so one of the things that, you know, that prompted me to kind of looking outside the box too was like, okay, this, this 401k is great, but there's got to be more, or at least there's got to be a way for me to be able to leverage like the money that we have right now and invest it in a way that we're not going to be subject to paying like full capital gains taxes on everything. Welcome to the Share the Wealth Show, where minority professionals can learn to escape the racial wealth gap and catapult themselves into abundance. Your host, Nicole Pendergrass, grew her net worth from being negative to multiple six figures. Join her on her investigative mission to expose secret strategies of the wealthy so we can all have the tools needed to build the life and legacy we were created to possess. Now it's time for the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back for another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. This is the show where we discuss strategies on how to grow, build, and protect minority wealth. And today we're going to do something a little different. We actually have a ton of great episodes in our archives. Since the inception of the show, I've had the pleasure of talking to so many phenomenal people, and I want their information and the strategies and tips and mindset that they have to be shared with the world, and I don't want it to be buried in the past, right? So today is Flashback Friday featured edition. And I hope you enjoy the message from one of our previous guests because it's really so impactful and you need to take a listen. We'll see you next time for our regularly scheduled episodes, but stay tuned for today. Okay. Hello, everyone. So today we actually got to speak with my good friend, Nicole Gautier. And let me tell you, this conversation was very down to earth and pragmatic. And she led us through her journey of how she actually started. She started her journey in a completely typical safe type of W-2 job because her parents encouraged her to go the safe route, you know, and how that transformed into, she's doing things that, uh, a little bit risque nowadays compared to what the herd or not the herd was compared to what everybody else is doing, you know? So this is a great, great, fantastic episode for you to listen to, especially if you're somebody who is stuck in the box and you like security and safety, or maybe you've been encouraged to be, to pick the secure, safe route. But what is secure and safe is actually different to different people and may not actually be as secure or safe as you think. So we will dive into more of that and what other avenues Nicole decided to spread into and invest into that are 
outside of the typical, not your stocks, you know? So in any case, Nicole is the founder of Wicked Holdings, which is a real estate investment company focused on social change and community empowerment. She is an impact investor and she invests in real estate and she currently has about 200 doors. She's a mom of two young kids and a woman dedicated to helping others on the concept of general wealth and financial literacy. She provides opportunities for passive investors to diversify their assets into multifamily investments so that they too can live a life of abundance and financial independence. And that sounds a lot like some of my goals. If you listen to anything that I've said in my first episode or you know anything, you follow me on social media, we're really highly aligned and you're going to enjoy this episode. We have like a, a lot of banter. We get down to the seriousness, I guess it's serious, but we get down to the, the nitty gritty, but we have some fun too. So stay tuned. You don't want to miss the rest of this episode. Okay. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Share the Wealth Show. And this is the show where we focus on strategies to build, grow, and protect minority wealth. And today I have with me a friend, a great friend, Nicole Gauthier. Do I say it right? Gauthier? Gauthier? Or Gautier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I say, and I say it right all the time. And then of course, all of a sudden I get on the show and I'm fancy and I don't know how to say it anymore. <laughs> but in any case, <laughs> so I gave everyone like a high level, you know, of your bio, what you're doing in your company, but let's dive into that. Like, how did your journey start? Talk a little bit about how you started from like childhood, what you want to be when you grow up and like how you ended up doing what you were doing before you were doing real estate, what made you go into real estate, like all that transformation in the direction that you were going and what you thought was better then versus what's better now and what your goals are. Yeah. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. So to take a deeper dive into it, I actually had kind of been taught, you know, that the way that everyone's taught, like that, that typical, you know, going to school, getting a good education and then getting a good job and kind of like working your way up from there. But I actually had always wanted to be a graphic designer, which is like really random because that's not really like a typical career or job that like you hear about much as like a kid. But yeah, I wanted to be a graphic designer. So I took like some extra classes and stuff at school in order to do, you know, a lot of like creative things back in that day in like early 2000s. It was like such old school computers, but I felt like I was super crafty with it and really got it. But it was funny because I told my parents like, Hey, I want to go to school for graphic design. Like I want to be creative and do that. And they were like, no, like you can't make any money in that. And you know, it's really not that like safe of a job because how are you going to like support a family one day, like with a graphic design degree? And I'm like, well, I don't know. That's just kind of what I wanted to be. Cause that's just like my creative juices, like flowing and stuff like that. So Obviously I didn't get into that, but fast forward a little bit more, I then transitioned and wanted to be a stockbroker. And so I actually went to school for a finance degree, got that. And upon graduation, I had the option to either go into the oil and gas industry and work as an accountant and doing like joint venture accounting, production accounting work, or become a currency trader. And I was like, okay, well, currency trading is not quite stocks, but it's still kind of the same thing. And, you know, at that time it was like, okay, accounting's super safe. It's a job, of course, instilled in my head with my parents, like, make sure you get a good job. That's going to like pay for, you know, put food on the table and be safe. And 
So I had that in the back of my mind where I was like, oh, currency trading, like, yes, you can make more money and stuff doing it. But a lot of it's like cold calling initially. And a lot of it is like commission based with like a really tiny salary compared to what the other option was. And so because I just automatically, you know, diverted back to like my, you know, my upbringing, I was like, okay, like I'm going to go with a safer one and be an accountant. So I actually did most of my career in the oil and gas industry as an oil and gas accountant. And that led me up until when we had kids and I became a stay-at-home mom before I entered into real estate investing. Wow. I see, you think you know somebody. (laughs) (laughs) This is why the graphic design stuff, like with the marketing, I think this is why, like, I have so much fun with the marketing is because of this background of mine where I really wanted to be creative and do graphic stuff. It's like your, your creative juices have been stifled for you decades. Yeah. I need to, uh, whose door do I need to go knock down? Yeah. This is why you're doing that rehab. Okay. We'll get to that later. But anyway, I didn't, that's another thing I didn't realize we had in common is that we both are, we have creative like inner cores because I'm definitely super creative. I love interior design, interior decorating or in design. Like Whenever I was looking for a house, you know, I was looking for the past couple of years for a house. Anytime I'd walk in, I'd be like, well, I think I'd take that wall out. I think I'd move <laughs> this over here. Maybe we can reconfigure. What's the floor plan? Like if the listing didn't have a floor plan, it's like, oh, of course. But if it had one, I'm like already in, like I wasn't using fancy like interior design software, but I was just like paint. <laughs> and I was moving walls around on there, reconfiguring the space to like, so my husband can see, and I'm like, oh, this is perfect space. You know, like, let's have fun with that kind of thing. And then also just like performance arts. I was really into that, like in mm-hmm. high school or whatever. So this is completely not that kind of podcast. But anyway, <laughs> we, I didn't realize we were so we're both super creative. Okay. Yeah. So good to know. And I didn't know you were actually, like, I knew you worked in the oil and gas industry, but I actually didn't really know doing what. And I didn't know you were actually were an accountant. <laughs> like, I knew you were into, like, personal finance, but I didn't know you were doing accounting for all that time. Yes, like, that's why I told you. That's why I felt I knew entrepreneurship was like calling for me at any chance I could get to just kind of like daydream and think about like, where, where should I be? Cause it's not behind this desk right now, necessarily like crunching numbers and doing accruals and talking to engineers and all of that, you know, fun stuff doing like month end. And it's different too, because being an accountant as well, like the personalities are, I wouldn't say dry. They're just a little bit more, they're not just like down to earth and bubbly. So it was so hard for me to like (laughs) stay out of everyone's office and like wanting to talk to them or, you know, just like keeping to myself. And then I remember I had like two friends who were like equally as bubbly as me and we get in like so much trouble because we'd just be like, ah, but we were like the life of the party and everyone else was kind of like, okay, like, well, we're either going to go back to our desk or we're going to follow in line. And it's like, come on, let's go have fun. Yeah, no, I... (laughs) Okay, I'm much better off where I am now. Yeah, okay. So then, yeah, you won't be in trouble. Listen, I know you've been digging in, studying everything you can, listening to all the podcasts, reading all the books, even going to meetups. You basically have a degree from YouTube University, right? 
but you still feel stuck. You don't know how to actually implement what you've learned. You're nervous about taking the next step. So I've decided to start the Microfamily Investing Accelerator. This is a mentorship program where I personally guide you through my five proprietary pillars so you can learn how to buy your first commercial multifamily property and scale while not biting off more than you can chew by focusing on five to 20 units. That's what I call microfamily. And so you can also get hands-on guidance from an experienced microfamily investor who's been right where you are. And so you can also create the cash flow needed to give you freedom and options to build the abundant life that you were destined to live. So I'll be limiting the first cohort because they'll have direct access to me and I will be heavily invested in their success. If you're ready to grab 2023 by the horns, schedule a free discovery call with me today. The link is in the show notes. And now let's get back to the show. But in any case, <laughs> so you coming from some place where an industry where you wanted to break out of that mold and basically almost a lot of your colleagues were very follow the rules, go by the books, do it this way. This is how, you know, finances work and this is how you should, you know, be operating within that financial world. So what from that, like, do you have anything that you learned from being an accountant or seeing your colleagues operating in a certain way or even clients operating a certain way? I don't know. Were you business to business or to consumer? No. Yeah, it was business to business. So like we had, I was dealing with other oil and gas operators as well. Okay. So then not to other, to clients, but then your colleagues. And if you knew anything about how they were operating or how, what people were talking about with their finances, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if they talked about that at all in the office versus what you are doing now like what were one of the some of the things I guess the question is what are some of the things that you took from that that was like the standard status quo thing that everybody was doing that was like if you didn't like this is a safe way to go because you picked the job because it was safe and you were Mm -hmm. encouraged to go the safe route so I'm sure there's a lot of safety and things in there that you probably don't agree with now Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, I'd say, okay, the biggest thing was like me thinking about the nine to five schedule. In my case, it was not nine to five. It was more like, I don't know. I went in there pretty early. So it was probably like 630 to maybe like 430. But I thought about that and I was like, why are we working Monday through Friday? We have like two days off during the week. And then really Sunday's like not even really a day off because you're already like preparing for Monday. So it just felt like just I don't know. It felt like there's got to be more to life than just like working. And, and even then, you know, so, okay. So that was like the biggest thing was like, okay, there's gotta be more. I need to be able to like create my own schedule. I need to find a way to get out of this five day work week where most of my life is spent working, except for, you know, the two or three weeks vacation that you get with your job. That was one for sure. Big thing. Another thing too, was that like, most people were okay with that. They were okay. Like life was their work. And when they had babies and, you know, Matt leaving Canada is like a year long. So totally different than in the States, but they were like ready to get back. And I'm just like, oh, okay. But like, I don't know, just something felt like it just wasn't right. I'll also say too, like the 401ks, like that bothered me where, you know, at the time I didn't know any better. So I'm like, yeah, 401k, like profit sharing and stock options and stuff like that. Like, that's all like a huge bonus. That's great. Until you realize that with a 401k that you can't even touch it until you're like 59 and a half for one. And if you do touch it before then, then there's like all these penalties and tax implications that you're now subject to. And it's like, why? This is my money that I've like put into there. Why is it being held hostage? 
I want to enjoy my life before I turn 60. Like, shouldn't we all want to do that? Yeah. Life is more than just like sitting behind a computer desk or, you know, I guess for some people, you know, they work with their hands. So maybe they're on the roof or maybe they're digging in a toilet and like, who knows, but life is just more than that. And so one of the things that prompted me to kind of looking outside the box too, was like, okay, this 401k is great, but there's gotta be more, or at least there's gotta be a way for me to be able to leverage like the money that we have right now and invest it in a way that we're not going to be subject to paying like full capital gains taxes on everything or anytime that we realize any sort of gains or any income from it at all. So that was really, I'd say those two things for sure were like kind of the pivotal point. Okay. And those two things actually are things that people, they don't realize that there's options outside of that. Like that you don't actually have to work five days a week. You can pick a job, maybe at your current employer, you can pick a job where you have more freedom and flexibility than that, especially now in this day and age where there's a lot of work from home options. I know, you know, a lot of politicians are trying to get us back into the (laughs) office and people are like, no, I'm just going to (laughs) resign. I'm not going back. So I know, I think that's going to be a struggle for a while, but that's never, it's not really ever fully going away. And there's going to be so many opportunities to do remote work where you don't have to go into the office anymore. And then also having options outside of 401k for environment and uh, for retirement, (laughs) retirement, (laughs) retirement, geez, Louise. So have you found anything outside of the 401k that you are kind of replacing that with for your future, like retirement or whatever that looks like for you? And what does retirement mean or look like for you? Yeah, definitely. Of course, like I'm not going to bash investing in the stock market at all or or like even investing a little bit into your 401ks because we still do that. But we're using that as our backup. We're not using that as our main point of you know retirement savings. So, you know, one of the things that we've done was we actually reduced, we used to like max out the amount that we could put into our 401ks. And we've actually reduced that down to only what the employer was matching. And then we take in that difference that normally would go into the 401k. And we put that into like a separate savings account that we're using for investing in real estate. So whether that's investing passively as a limited partner, or we're using that to invest in active things like our own rentals or even like saving money for, you know, being on the GP side of things, that is where that money is going. So we're really just focusing on ways that we can not only increase our wealth, but also have our money consistently staying in motion. So yeah, I would say that for sure. Okay. And you mentioned there, like all of those different options were around real estate. So why real estate and what are you doing in real estate? Why did you look at any other types of wealth building options besides real estate? And if so, what drew you to real estate? Yes. So I've looked into something else. It's like cash flow insurance or infinite banking. So that is one thing that I'm currently working on getting pushed to the finish line. So actually, I think I had already told you too that I had done like my medical and all that stuff. Cause it is typical. It is your typical like insurance policy, like a life insurance policy. However, it works and it's structured differently. So it works more in the benefit of allowing you to build up that cash value initially and early on so that you can use it to your advantage for investing in real estate or investing in other things. Like one of my friends used it to invest in Bitcoin. And it was like, you know, maybe you're making like at that time, I don't know what their Bitcoin looks like now, but There's definitely ways to leverage the cash value that is in these insurance policies that's been like basically front loaded in a sense to leverage into investing in other alternative assets. 
And for us, I'd say that real estate, for one, my dad would always tell us that like land was valuable. And I say that because we've had, my family owns hundreds of acres, not hundreds of thousands, but hundreds of acres <laughs> in real estate back home in Louisiana. And the problem with that is that it's been generationally passed down, but to the degree that there are so many of us that it's been passed down to that it's basically landlocked. It's like, what are we going to do with this? There are like a hundred people that have like little tiny pieces of ownership on it. And we've had family like move onto the land and like build houses and stuff like that without permission of other people in the oh family. And it's like, you're not going to make your family members like tear the houses down. But at the same time, like, how dare they? Right. So instead of just dealing with all of that nonsense, I took what my dad's always said. I was like, land has value because they're not making any more of it. And I've gone ahead and I've been like, okay, with my husband and our kids, let's go out and we're going to create our own legacy and not worry about all of those other things because it's just not worth it. So yeah, so that's kind of how I was a little bit inspired, I guess, with real estate. And then also too, you know, like with passive investing, that it's a great way to get started in multifamily investing without doing like a lot of the work and you're still getting all of those benefits, like, you know, your tax benefits because of the depreciation, you get your cash flows. So your quarterly distributions, you also are participating in the equity ownership as well. So you're getting, you know, you look at the equity multiples and the splits and whatnot, and you're like, oh, okay, like this could work for me. Like, this is great. And then to your point as well is, you know, I'm in real estate full time. So I am also on the active side as well. And I don't know, I just, I believe in the asset because it's stable and it's income producing. You can leverage the debt in more ways than one. And I think that there's a stigma around debt as being something that's negative. But when you really do like a lot of research and you start to kind of come into yourself and you realize with real estate that there's different types of debt, there's good debt and there's bad debt and real estate falls into that good debt if it's paying you. So it's just all about leveraging. Yeah. I think wealth building is huge. Like the people who have built the biggest portfolios of wealth leverage debt. You know, our whole society is really based on debt. And if you do any type of digging in or research on it, you'll find it easily. You know, mm -hmm. our dollar is debt. <laughs> Everything yeah. is debt. Yeah. Right. But there's a huge difference between like consumer debt and good debt. Right. And I think that anytime that, you know, the traditional person, the person that's not really educated on the finance or like the financial literacy side of things, they hear debt and it's like scary. It's like, ah, like, I don't want that. I'm going to stay away from it. Yeah. And that's been like one kind of thing that I've had to learn too, is like, okay, debt's not bad. You just have to leverage it to create the right opportunities for yourself. And it's a little bit of a waiting game, but when it starts to pay off and you're able to pay back down that debt and you've got assets to take its place, it's like, why would someone not do that? Right? Yeah. You know why I think? Because a lot of people are impatient in this society especially mm, yeah. nowadays with, you know, Amazon. I mean, everyone always says that we have like an instant society, like microwavable Amazon two-day shipping. <laughs> we want everything quick. And I can't lie, I fall victim to a lot of that in just like daily living. But when it comes to wealth building, of course, I want cash flow faster. You want everything faster. But I've just been doing it so long and I see the benefits of even like the short term of the long term. I don't know how to explain that, but overall, like I'm willing to put in and to have a five or 10 year plan that people, a lot of people 
can't even fathom what five or 10 years from now looks like. And of course that plan will change, but at least have something to get you started moving toward. Okay. Anyway, you mentioned that you about investing passively and being active because you're doing real estate full-time. So have you invested passively before? Yeah. Okay. That's kind of, that was like the first bit of me, or I guess like the first deal of mine in the multifamily side was I was actually passive before I became active. Okay. If someone listening is interested in passively investing, let's say they really resonate with your story. They don't want to just stay in that box and do all those traditional things, but how can they get involved with investing passively if they don't know a lot about real estate? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing with getting invested passively is to understand the like kind of the mechanics behind it. And if you were to think of like investing in the stock market, right? Like you've got a financial advisor and you pass your money to them and they invest it for you into various different stocks, like blue chip, small, medium-sized companies, et cetera, index funds, like you may or may not be part of that decision process, but regardless, it's being done for you and it's being handled and you're reaping those returns and those rewards. It's kind of the same thing with investing passively in real estate, where you get to know, like, and trust an operator or sponsor who's got a deal. Perhaps you might be looking in a specific market and you find a person that's an operator or a general partner in that market and you go and you reach out and you develop that relationship with them. I'd say the biggest piece of it is to really is to know, like, and trust the operators and then understanding the metrics too, because each investor has a different goal in mind, right? Like some of them might be investing passively because they want cash flow, and maybe some don't care so much for the cash flow, but they want the equity. And then there's others that invest in class A assets that don't want either. They just want wealth preservation. So they're fine with like a lower cash on cash and maybe even a lower equity multiple but it's a safe place for them to invest their money with like returns that are better than the stock market. And so that's their reason. And then they might be high income earners out there that are looking for just straight depreciation. All they want are the tax write-offs. So there's different reasons as to why someone might get passively invested. And I think that the biggest thing is to determine that goal first, like, what are you looking for? What is it that you want? And then reaching out to other operators and understanding what metrics that they have for their investments. Because some might only be underwriting to, you know, a one and a half equity multiple. And I don't know, let's say like a 7% cash on cash and their IRR might be under 15%. Someone might like that. I don't, I wouldn't want that. So I would say no thanks and move on to the next operator. Right. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing too, is diving deep and figuring out what your metrics are as to what you want to get invested in. And, and then to like, I guess is a little bit of a shameless plug, but I have a free guide on my website, which I know we'll get into that later, but a free guide on my website. And that helps with like all of the acronyms and the little terms that us real estate professionals kind of throw around there and gets into like a deeper dive as to like what passive investing looks like. Good. I'm actually glad that you mentioned that because I was going to say, if anyone out there doesn't know the terminology, please reach out to either of us and we can explain. (laughs) But yeah, we will get the link. If you send me the link and I'll make sure that it's in the show notes to that guide. So guys, make sure you get that guide. If you don't know any of those terms that Nicole was just spitting out, make sure you get that guide so you can learn. And you know, the learning on the, the passive investing side is not too Like you said, like someone else is handling investing that money and knowing how all of that works, how all the the real estate works on the back end. So you need to understand what the opportunity is and you need to understand who the operator is that you are going to trust with your funds. But other than that, there's really not 
a lot extra that you need to really know as a passive investor, unless you're maybe looking to scale up and get active. Okay, guys, don't kill me, but I'm going to have to cut this episode short. This is too juicy and we need to do this in a part two. So stay tuned for the next episode that airs and you can hear the rest of our conversation. Did you love this episode of Share the Wealth Show? Be sure to connect with Nicole by following her on LinkedIn, Instagram, or Facebook. If you picked up any of the gems that were dropped by today's guest, make sure you not only put them in your bag, but if you know of someone who would benefit from this information, don't keep it to yourself. Share the wealth and make sure to leave us a rating and review. We'll see you for next week's episode. Subscribe so you'll be notified. Here in Key West, we were out before it was in. In this open and inclusive paradise, you can be yourself, make new friends, and savor our live and let live vibe. With LGBTQ plus friendly accommodations, our legendary nightlife, and year-round activities and events, it's always a good time to come as you are. Key West, close to perfect, far from normal. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.